When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. There's no place like the cube. Adele. And I'm Anna. And we are ACAD Productions. Get ready to nod your head and laugh out loud as we bring an unfiltered perspective to Black life in predominantly white spaces. So, welcome to the Head Nod, Season 1, Black Life at a PWI. Black voices unite. PWI's campus finds strength in the union's light. Boom, 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 boom. Make me sweat. Give me hotter. <laughs> all right. I want Ryan to use all this tape. All this tape. Ryan be so tired of us, I swear. <laughs> all right. Welcome to the head nod. Boom, 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 boom. So today we have a very mm-hmm. special guest. We are joined with Cameron Green, my bestie and one of my favorite people in this world. So a little bit about Cam, and I do mean a little bit. <laughs> he is a channel marketing manager. It's a, it's a sprinkle. A sprinkle. He's a channel marketing manager and part-time midnight vigilante from small town Pennsylvania. Welcome, Cam. I did <laughs> say that, didn't I? <laughs> hey, hey. Forgot I wrote I said, we I'm said like what? Oh, yeah. I'll be outside. That's just how Cam was feeling that day. I was just that day. Yeah, out here yeah. for it. But uh, so, hey, everybody, thank you for having me on the show, Anna Adele. Really appreciative. Yay! So we start each each episode with asking our guests to tell us who they are, what their school is, and then their school call out. All right, so. Um, my name is Cameron. Uh, I come from rural Pennsylvania. So that's a little bit outside of Pittsburgh. It's called Farrell, Pennsylvania. It's uh, When I say rural, it's actually a township, not a town. So we had Amish. Uh, you know, it was one of those situations. <laughs> so before PWI, I was kind of, you know, introduced to a PWI <laughs> as per where I was living at. Um, went to Penn State. Uh, we are, baby. You're supposed, to, you're supposed to say it. We are. I said. We I was are. just. Oh yeah, true. I was just being. Cause <laughs> Please, Brian, put it in. Oh my god. You, you know you why? You after like that. I, you know why? Because yes. Anna is so tired of me. That's why I was like, I'm gonna be good today. Okay, we can do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Like, they messed it up. I did not. Run it back. 
Go ahead. All right, all right. We we are. We are. You gotta say it like you said it. We are Penn State. <laughs> and, and there it is. There it is. And um, I don't know if I'm gonna get a lion comment in today. We'll see how I feel. You're you're, you're nifty. Yeah. You know. What? No. Ooh, thanks, Cam. No. You did no, it. And I didn't have to. Because I never throw Thank shade you. at Drake. And there, I never do that. So <laughs> yeah. But yes, I, I bleed blue and white. I got my um my uh, first bachelor's from uh, Penn State. And then I went off to the military. And then after that, a couple eight years stents, stents, stent, <laughs> I, I went over to Seattle and got a second bachelor's and also my MBA from um, Point Park University, Point Park. Oh my God, that was Pittsburgh. I did yeah. Point Park as well. You I did Point about Park. That. I forgot yeah. that. That's a whole yeah. different chapter. That's a whole but yeah, different chapter. <laughs> so second bachelor's in my MBA was, um, was received at Seattle University. And so that is a private Jesuit school here in Seattle. And yeah, so both uh, were very interesting experiences, but I'm blessed through and through. So it's fine. They don't have a call out at that? At nothing. I, okay, I, I'm going to be honest with you. So like at a certain age, you know what I'm saying? I'm 36 years old. I was invited to um, sporting events. You know what I'm saying? I know that, I know we're called the Red Hawks. I don't know if you're like, ah! I don't know if I feel like you're squirting <laughs> oh. something out or, but oh. he, he's red. He does cool. like a lot of these things. So, I mean. Okay. Okay. Cool. But, I like it. I just, that's going to be the I, 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 I would just go to school. I would just go to school and come home. You know what I'm saying? Watch, rinse, repeat. I didn't really go to an athletic event, but yeah, I'm pretty I'm sure there, there, the, there is something. We'll oh. just take that. We'll take you do like the little pay the bill. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, we got the shoulder action. Happening. Oh, I, yeah. Listen, we always say if you're unsure, we'll just take whatever you make up. And I think that was my favorite one today. Yo, put, put one of those little eagle screams over. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I like yours way more. Yeah. I do too. I'll like probably go to a game if, like, they were screaming like that. Like, yeah. Let's and go. they're just gonna look at you like, all right. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> but yeah, that's um Penn State and also Seattle University. Those are the two PWIs I attended. So So why a PWI? You know, uh what's funny, um, also another PWI. I have two interesting stories about that. So I wanted to go to Temple. Temple was my number one, and uh to this day I don't know why I didn't get accepted, but uh didn't get accepted to Temple. And uh, Penn State came, and also there was a branch of Pitt that um, was offered. I only applied to three schools. And so I just took uh, Penn State Baron Erie, and that's pretty much where my story was. But also an interesting uh, fact. So my senior year, uh, I graduated in 2005. My senior year, our school uh, randomly had this, this mysterious fund to send the students on an HBCU trip. Now, I was kind of sheltered. I didn't really know. I knew that we I had Black Colleges and Universities. I didn't know that was the acronym for that. And so it was like, what's HBCU? And they say, you know, Historic Black Colleges and Universities. Oh, okay, I want to go to that. Now, here's the catch. They went on this trip around the end of April going into May, your senior year. Around that time, you already know where you're going that, uh, that August. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you right now, we started in Georgia. We made our way up the coast. If they would have started that around the beginning of senior year, I would have went to Hampton. Mm. I would have went to Hampton. I fell in love with that, that that campus. I fell in love with the curriculum. I didn't like the fact that freshmen were on a curfew, but it was away from home. So I was down for it to get down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, they, 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 um, 
provided this trip at the the, the last leg of our senior year. And so you already knew where I was going. You know, the tuition was paid for, the, the uh, FAFSA was already done. You're going to Penn State, you know? So yeah, went, that was Penn very State. poor timing. That yeah. Was on their part, their part. But I was glad it happened, though. You know, it was the end of the senior year, but um, I don't know if I would have ever been able to visit, you know, Clark Atlanta and going all the way up to, you know, Howard, yeah. Lincoln, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, that's why, uh, that's how Penn State came to fruition. And little Aww. old me. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. So what did you get into on campus other than meeting Adele? Oh, or maybe that's where we start. Where yes. did you and Adele meet? <laughs> I want the whole story, child. What's the tea? All right. <laughs> you um, want me to tell it? I'm going to let you tell it. Go ahead and tell it, please. Please tell it. They've heard, they've heard from me. We're going to hear from you. All righty. All right. Um, so I uh, met Adele and friends. I put friends in italics. I met Adele and friends uh, at our ice cream social freshman year. And so I went in there a little bit by myself. Now, at that time, I was um, I was queer, but I wasn't out. You know, and coming from rural Pennsylvania, you know, you don't really have that luxury of, I would say, um, being creative or living unabashedly true to who you are, uh, let alone in our own community. And so, you know, we were in a rural town, but the majority of people in my town were actually Black. You know, and so you have that with the influence of like, you know, uh, culture, society, the church, you know, so I I, I hid my sexuality. You know, I, I remember this, um, this kid, my freshman year used to call me a homo thug. <laughs> now hear me out. I was like, you know, <laughs> trying to do some crazy, do some crazy, you like, you know, doing? I was like busting on anybody. Trust me. I was, I was, I was in crazy like that, but I was wearing like a lot of fitteds and baggy clothes, yes. Tim's and forces. I was trying to yes. hide. Until you heard me speak in the Until mannerisms we, that's and the, the freaking in my voice, you know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, okay, exactly. He, he might be like playing hopscotch with the girls. So, <laughs> so, so what had happened was, like Cam said, we walked around like we started collecting folk, and then just trying to find all the people of color. And so we go, yeah. me and two of the girls we had just met, we go in and we see this dude with a fitted on, down. Leaned up against the wall, arms crossed. Put my chain down, low, like, down low, down low, down. Yo, who is that though? <laughs> we was like, ooh, who is that? He a cutie. Okay, let's go say hi. Go up to him. Hey, he looked at us and go, hey. We was like, oh, yeah, nah. <laughs> Things are not what they Things appear to be. Things are not what they appear to be. <laughs> going to shine bright that like that. <laughs> so that's how uh, Adele and I met. And we, like, became friends uh, fairly quickly. And we connected on a series of events in our lives. Um, a lot of growth, a lot of mental, a lot of physical, a lot of emotional growth, you know. And since 2005, pretty much, you know, we've been rolling hard in the paint. Hey. Yeah. Hey. 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 Yeah. Hey. So hey. it's been yes. it's been an experience um, rolling with my sister. And I'm truly appreciative that I've yeah. met her that, that lovely night between the rocky roads and the fittings, you know, <laughs> <laughs> made it happen. Yes. Oh, yes. I love that. So Anna asks, like, what did you get into? So okay, so um, I was semi-active on campus. I um, was a part of Trigon, which is the um, the gay student alliance group on campus. Uh, 
that was pretty much it. And I did a work study group, a study job. I wasn't, I was, I would show up to for like the free events, you know what I'm saying? But mainly I was, I was at some dirty, dingy frat house, drinking Natty Light, doing the absolute most things that I shouldn't have been doing. You know what I'm saying? But I did try to be active because you, you get bored of that. You know, there's only a couple of times you just wake up in some beer, but like, <laughs> I would just, <laughs> I gotta, you gotta snap back. But um, no, it wasn't really that, uh, that active as I should have been. But um, I would say more or less, I was very social. And I had a lot of social groups and I made sure to like, you know, stand out and just like get to know people. I was always a social butterfly. Yes. Yeah. So tell us about that. Like bouncing from all the different groups. How was that like? What were some adventures you went on? There's a couple groups of uh, people I was with. Uh, some of them were loners. Some of them were um, just uh, one group of just uh, those of uh, Asian descent. Uh some of them were a mixed group. Some of them, they were just, uh, I don't really know how to explain it. I guess at a modicum, I was trying to find a place where I fit in. And so there were so many different uh, intersectionalities with, with that like cross of me defining myself and trying to find a group that actually matched those in, intrinsic needs that I was really seeking. you know. And so some of them were really productive groups. Some of them were destructive decisions. Uh, some of them were like, you know, Adele and, and the initial group that I was with, pretty chill, pretty fun. You know what I'm saying? Um, all in all, they're all lessons. It was all growth experiences, you know? So I was just on, on this, this journey of seeking camera, but a lot of external validation with that too. So that's a different story. Mm-hmm. So you said, you know, what were you? What was the thug? What was the term? Homo, they, homo thug. Okay. Homo so. Thug. so when you was homo thugging it out and weren't sure who you <laughs> were, time, how was coming out? So I'm assuming you came out on campus. Ooh, that's okay. So, What's so, that so, story? So to provide clarity, I was not the most masculine, clearly, but it was more so the the appearance that I was trying to put on as per, you know, what would look more masculine or more accepted. Um, the way I came out was... Oh my gosh, dare I say that? Uh it was a it was almost like a I wouldn't say it was like a witch hunt, you know, but it was uh it really made me feel uncomfortable. There's a situation where I I didn't really okay, showing my age, it was a MySpace profile. And at that time, uh I didn't want I didn't want to place that I was any sexuality, I would just leave it blank. And sometimes when you don't put anything there, you're leading to an assumption that, you know, you're something other than straight. Um, and there were a couple individuals in our, in our group that uh, pulled up my page. And I remember coming into my dorm after I was at somebody's party. And I was coming into my dorm late one night and I saw a crowd of people surrounding a computer and it was my MySpace page that was up. And so it was, it was very, it was very ostracizing and it made me feel so, uh, I guess, I don't know. It made me feel very uncomfortable, but it did not, I guess I can say that I've been there before, especially coming from rural Pennsylvania, you know what I'm saying? That you just it kind of more reaffirmed why I wanted to continue to find a different circle because I didn't really feel as though I fit in, especially in that specific circle. But um, after that, I still tried to deny it or I would say, you know, I'm bisexual and really, I, I was really not. <laughs> I just felt like that would be more accepted as per, you know, those on campus or how I felt um, internally. 
Uh, and it wasn't until I visited a friend at uh, University Park, and he was very feminine. His name was Michael. And he's actually uh, about, about to finish his PhD program in psychology. And he was very feminine on uh, on campus. Uh, nickname was Peaches from Brooklyn. And he was very aggressive because there's a lot of people that would try him, but they would soon find out that he was no punk. And so whenever I met him, I was like, so why am I holding back who I am? What What is my apprehension to live unabashedly true to who I am? And why should it matter? I'm not in these spaces where these people or these monsters used to, you know, haunt my dreams. Like, why am I giving that that power anymore? So pretty soon the the pants got tighter. The shirts became V-necks. That was more so my style, not to associate that with my sexuality. But um, yeah, I just didn't really care anymore. I didn't care if anybody else cared either, you know? So long story short, because I could talk, but yeah. (laughs) Remember I convinced you to get a mohawk? (laughs) Yeah, it was a faux hawk. It was a faux hawk. Yeah, yes. I, had, I, had a, I had a really, it was a really cute fog though. You know, like the sides were kind of, you know, like a fade. And then top, top was actually like this, but it was more, it was more high, more LMFAO, Kanye West with the, you know, the little glass that had the lines in them. I, I don't know what it yeah. was in the early 2000s. We had some great music, but it was really crappy fashions in the Fashion. early 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> like, we were, oh my God. Some, but I promise you, I, I will pop out a velour sweatsuit right now with that faux hawk. <laughs> Not even. the velours. Yo, shot sh- jar. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> but no, like, it was, it was interesting, Anna, because I do remember that and everything that Cam was going through. And that's why I thought it was important for him to still share that because it's like, I remember when he was telling me, and I was just like, okay. You want to go get some food? Like, it just, it, <laughs> he's just like standing there like, you don't have anything else to say? I'm like, do you yeah. need anything else for me? You know, like, I'm just here to be your friend and support you. That doesn't impact my, you know, me whatsoever, as long as you're okay. You know, yeah. I just want to be here for you. I'm not, whatever. Like, you know, we'll go cruising for guys together. It is what it is. Like, you yeah. know, I didn't really, actually, in a way, I feel like, too, it made me feel like more protective of you too. Like I just mm. wanted to make sure that the crazy folk on campus like wasn't doing too much or wasn't like, you know, messing with Kim. Right. And, you know, just kind of be a, a friend and a protector. That really made me want to do that. Oh, look at you. Yeah. You know that? Remember the crutches yeah. story? You already well, know. Well, the crutches story, yeah, that yeah, yeah. You know, that's a very interesting one too. That's a very interesting one because that, that was it was such a, a strange dynamic. I think it was more so I was just fed up. Yeah, I was fed up of you know the the monotony of the homophobia that I would experience on campus. Mm-hmm. And so, backstory on the crutches story, which she's talking about. So this the crutch story means that Adele was on crutches when this happened. Got it. Thank you. Please set the stage. But she was still ready to press somebody. So uh, what happened was I was coming from the library. And um, there are a couple uh, guys uh, throwing some uh, throwing the football by the student union. And as I'm walking past, because she lived uh, right across from the student union, Perry Hall, right? You're in Perry. And mm-hmm. so uh, I was walking to go to her place anyway. And the football falls in front of me. And like they're on a hill and it falls in front of me. And so I just keep walking by it. I guess they expected me to throw it back to them. And so they yelled, you know, the gay pejorative, the F word. And I was so fed up. These are two white individuals, uh, two white young men. And so I went to uh, Adele's uh, dorm room. She shared with another friend, uh, Sasha. And I came in and I was just really angry. I 
are just fed up that um, this is this has continuously been a narrative that has been replaying and playing over and over that since my youth. And now I'm in this different chapter and it's happening again while I'm still trying to find myself and accept my sexuality, you know, on a, I guess, more open level. And um, I was telling Adele how upset I was. And so she was like, so what are we going to do about it? And I was like, well, let's go. Nah, nah. Uh, let's <laughs> so try it. Let's go. She, she like hops hey. over. Sure did. Her crutches. I'm like, where are and they? He said outside. Yeah, yeah they're like, outside. Go. And um, yeah, we pressed them. But the thing about that um, that made me so fed up, which I'm referring to, is that that had nothing to do with it being a PWI. Mm-hmm. That was just the patriarchy. That was misogyny because even in my rural township, you, you know, I, I did I experience cultural and racial bias? Yes, I did. Through that, through mm-hmm. a, a lens of white supremacy and, and rednecks, yes, I did. But I will tell you this, before I knew what the N-word was, I knew what the F-word was. And these are my own community. These are African, Black, African-American. This is my own community. It made me feel less than. This is also the reason why I was so um, readily seeking different circles or different uh, people trying to find a certain company while I was at Penn State because my own community, I always felt ostracized. I, I to this day, I do not have any black male friends from Penn State, and that is so disappointing. Did I have those that were friendly? Yeah. Did I have those that tolerated me in their space? Yes. But unfortunately, that patriarchy—it's it's so, it's so um, ingrained. It, Yes, ingrained in our community. And it's not just that, it's a societal norm. And so these these white dudes that did this on campus, you know, I've experienced this my whole life, but I was tired of experiencing it. So it was time for me to learn the word boundaries (laughs) and what you can and cannot take, you know what I'm saying? So um, yeah, that that was the beginning of another journey whenever I finally started to speak up for myself. You know, because I had a lot of mouth, you know, I'm very, have a very smart mouth, but rarely would I speak it for myself. And so that experience ushered in, you know, a new, I guess a new Cameron that was just tired of the BS. And if I'm tired, what am I going to do about it? So, yeah. Well, it sounded like Adele was on some crutches, started hopping down. Now I want to know what happened when she got down there. So when when she got there, so we pressed these dudes, right? There's a a girl that actually came there. And when we we're oppressing them, she I felt so bad because she didn't know what was going on. She was just like, I'm trying to talk to them. And I was like, yo, like, like this is my hands, whatever. With the crutches. And Only so, y'all uh, can get it. Only now, mind y'all can get it. was just sitting there with the crutches like this. Ready. Just sitting there. And so uh-huh. I, I walk up the stairs feeling, um, I guess, you know, reaffirmed. I feel like, yeah, I told them. And I'm like, come on, Adele. She's like, nah, I'm going to sit I'm here for a little while. I'm going to sit here and look at him. And she just stood there. I'm walking up the stairs and she just stood there just looking at him. I'm like, sure did. yeah. They picked yeah, up their yeah. football and they left. You're not going to post up outside of my yeah. dorm where my friend is and he was uncomfortable, you're going to leave. And I'm going to just stay here, crutches and all. Yeah, you know what? That is, that's the true definition of an ally. Someone, and it, regardless of what intersectionality, gender, class, race, creed, you know what I'm saying, sexuality, people that actually show up and they put in an active effort to show up. It's different to say, you know, oh, yeah, I'm an ally. Yeah, I got queer friends. I got, you know, friends that are certain levels of ableism or women or whomever you are. Mm-hmm. But are you there whenever they really need you? Are you putting in that, that that action that proves that you're actually an ally? And Adele did that. She was one of the first. No, you were the first friend to do that ever. 
I've never had a friend that actually stood up for me at that, at that caliber. And I didn't, I and didn't want anything in return. It wasn't a transactional relationship. It was a reflection of her spirit and our connectivity as friends. And I'm so appreciative. I love the hell out of you. Aww. 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 All coordinated and didn't even know it. Look at right. what I'm saying. Right. I missed the memo, y'all. Y'all can't see it, but just know I was not in the text thread. <laughs> <laughs> well, you hear now. You call us after nine yeah. o'clock. It's free, baby. <laughs> so, Cam, did you pledge? Ah, my gosh. So, you know what's so funny about that? So, I'm just going to be all transparent right now. So, something about my appearance makes people believe that I was very, very, um, I've stayed on the Dean's list a lot. Now, uh, thankfully, with the second bachelor's and receiving my MBA in marketing from um, Seattle University, I had a, had a 3.8 GPA. But in Penn State, it was very low. It was very low. And to have more transparency, I just didn't have the discipline. I didn't want to live in the library. You know, I'd rather be out seeking external validation or uh, going to some frat house or doing something other than I was supposed to. And so long story short, my GPA at one point was too low to pledge. It was too low. And that was very embarrassing. And I, had, I knew I had to make a shift because before that, um, I had seen a lot of friends. I've bumped shoulders with a lot of people, good spirits as per like those in uh, good conversations in the, in, at the time, either on a smoke porch or at some dirty basement party or like walking down the street and we, we connect, we see each other, you know, for the turn up and then they would disappear. Where's so-and-so at? Oh, they had to transfer their academic probation. They were kicked out or something happened. And I was very close to, that was very close to being my story at one point. And so I knew I had to make some changes or I would have been back in rural Pennsylvania eating hog moths. And Lord knows I don't want to do that. Moss. We didn't so, want um, that for you. We didn't want that I'm, for you. Okay. I'm proud you was able to get away from that. I, I can't do that. Not, not I said the cat. So, you know, um, no hog yeah. moths for you. No. It, it, was, it, was, it was a little too. Uh, so I had, to make a, I had to make a change. Another growth story. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I know, like you said, like you had to make a few changes. So talk a little bit about that journey. I know, you know, maybe share about your major and kind of really figuring out what you wanted to do there. Ooh, okay, yeah. So initially I was uh, interested in being a plastic surgeon. I always wanted to be a doctor since I was five years old. And uh, I went to Barron and I majored in biology. And I think that, <laughs> not to talk for everybody, anybody but myself, but uh, my approach, my 18, 19 year old approach to um, what I wanted to be when I grew up was how society depicts and how they put certain majors and certain occupations on a on a platform of, above others. Like, for instance, STEM majors, science, technology, engineering, uh, mathematics, you know, they put those at a higher esteem than the humanities and the arts and communications. And so um, there was a point when when I was me when I met Adele at the ice cream social. Yeah. And everybody saw you, everybody's uh, sharing with, with their manager in. And I was like, I'm, I'm a biology. And she, I said, like, what's your major? She said, communication. I was like. <laughs> he laughed. He laughed at me, Anna. They I was really laughing the right room. there, too. I was actually they really went laughing. around the room. It was like, what's your major? What was like business? What's your major? International business. What's your major? Biology. Oh, me too. What's yours? I was like, communications. And he literally like spit out his drink and like laughed at me. 
he left me out, and I was like, <laughs> you know, but but like I said, I had that mindset. Um, how a lot of people do. Again, focusing yeah. on me though. Um, we we put certain <laughs> occupations and majors above others, and, and and we we believe that certain uh ones like the STEM ones were better than humanities and in, in, in the arts, liberal arts. And it wasn't until um again, here comes my GPA story. Um, I had to save my GPA, so I had to drop out of that major. And I was like, you know what? Again with STEM, I was like, you know what? Let me if I can't save you in the in the in the operating room, I can save you in the courtroom. So I tried to major in poli sci. Had no interest in law. <laughs> he did that had for no two days, Anna. I did days. that for like a breath. Like, a I breathe. saw him one day for no, lunch. He's like, I'm a poli sci major. I saw him the next day. He's like, I dropped that shit. Like the next day. The next day. Like, what? what? A lobbyist? I don't want to. I don't care about you. I'm like, oh my God. Like, swipe or don't swipe it. I'm done with this. I can't do this right now. And so I got. Um, one class, two hours, I'm out. He yo, out, yo, okay. where's Cameron? Tune then in you next week psych, on Dragon Ball Z. What'd you say? <laughs> then you went to Psych, right? Next, after that. I did yeah, go to Psych. Went to psych. <laughs> <laughs> yo, he Cameron, man, the growth was serious. Yo, I was okay, just jumping. How many did we hit? It's like, pick me, pick me. I think it was biology, poli sci, psych, and then I had the last laugh because he comes walking into my communications class and I'm like, "What are you doing here? Why taking over? I'm taking over. I'm taking over. That's what I'm doing. I'm taking over this place. But um, I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna sit next to you. Excuse me. I'm like, oh no. You know what's funny about that though, Anna? I still graduated in 2009. I changed. I changed my major more than I changed my damn draws, and I still graduated. Within the four year mark, you would have thought, yeah, you know, 2007. Nah, it was just, well, I mean, 97, like 10 I mean, or something. But that's yeah, pretty remarkable. It is considering. Pretty <laughs> considering the fact. But yes. the um, communication came uh, at a, it was very serendipitous how it came. I went to the Division of Undergraduate Studies and I'm crying because I'm like, I'm like, I'm tired. This is it. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to shock. Hey, um, I've never done that, but I can do it. But anyway, so, so, uh, so I went to uh, Division of Undergraduate Studies office and there's like um, this very calmly spoken uh, white uh, psychologist, female. Um, she... She talks like those those workers at Michaels at the craft store. Like, hello, I'm welcome to Michaels. How may I help you? Uh, we have fifty percent of all canvases in the back. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like what, one of those. Michaels, are you going to? But we digress. Okay. <laughs> y'all got y'all got a Michaels craft store. Yeah, but they don't talk like that. She's saying they don't sound as kind as yours. <laughs> no, be like what who, you who's, who's cursing you at at Michaels? <laughs> who cursing you at Michaels? Somebody angry. The pot comes down. Marines, Marines. Hurry up! Like no, but um, she was she she was very softly uh, softly spoken, and she said, "So, what do you like to do?" And I told her what I like to do. I uh, I like to talk and do X, Y, Z, yada, yada. I was probably very animated when I was saying that, but I was also very emotional. And she just gives me this book, and it's a book on communications. And I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing that. And so she said, um, just take it home. Just take it home, review it, see how you feel. And so I sat there in my dorm room, Ohio Hall, very small, little room, but it was a single, so I was okay with it. Uh, I'm looking through the pages, and I come across journalism. And I was like, you know what? Let me see what this is about. And I mm-hmm. 
saw that I had a knack for storytelling. I had a knack yeah. for uh, communications and strategic communications and connectivity and connecting with people and just just being interested in stories. That's what made me so attracted to uh, communication slash journalism. And I I went there and I fell in love yeah. with it and I stayed with it. And I, I still have a love in journalism. Although I, I, I work for a tech company doing marketing now. I It's still, I mean, textbook, marketing is communicating product value to a customer. So I'm still able to utilize that, 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 that gift of storytelling with my profession now. I wanted to be a news anchor once upon a time, different chapter. That kind of happened and <laughs> kind of didn't, but um, yeah, yeah. Yes. But but here we are. So I fell in yes. love with it. Communications. Me and Adele was my little ride or die. We had a little, a, a little personal companies for each other, Camcom, Dalecom. <laughs> Remember our uh, combined one was like Camco? Because it was like your, yeah. half of your name and half of my last name, Camco. <laughs> it's a merger what? like Taco Bell and KFC. So... Back to your classes. Once you kind of got locked into your, you know, degree and knowing what you wanted to do, Mm -hmm. what were classes like for you? What were some of those experiences like? I remember uh, the one class that I can recall that really uh, reaffirmed that I was in the right major. Uh, It was taught by Kimberly Young, and I believe it was a just a basic journalism writing course in which we uh, went over the different different styles of writing from broadcast to print to creative. And I remember I we had to pick a we had to pick a partner, and we had to go in what she called the beat on the street. You had to go and find a story. And I remember my partner and I, it was uh, in light of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was coming up. And we had we went to this um, homeless shelter. And we went there while they were serving Thanksgiving dinner. And I met some very interesting individuals. And um, just to hear their stories and to hear where they came from, how it came about, uh, just the fact that they agreed to sit with me, this, this 20-year-old undergrad student in share essentially how did you end up here and to hear that was a just it gave me this feeling of gratitude humility it also gave me this realization that we're all one decision away from being there so no one's better than anybody i remember writing that paper and i was just in tears in my in my dorm just crying as i'm writing it because i just i was so filled with emotion and because well, i'm getting chills right now and because i was so filled with emotion about the person that i had interviewed it was a creative story so i was able to add in so much character and add in so much information about the person and because i was feeling so 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 much emotion as per what they told me i wanted to do their their story justice i wanted to do their voice justice and i took my time on that story because it meant so much to me to get it put out there and that's how i knew that i was in the right place i didn't felt i didn't feel this in cell biology i didn't feel this in in genetics i didn't feel this in in plant biology you know i i felt this in journalism i felt this in journalism writing and it it just reaffirmed that I was in the right place. I just need to fine tune some things. So, yeah, mm. Aww, I yeah, get that. yeah. I love. Yeah, it was a great class. And what I loved about that professor too is she had a lot of connections with the local newspaper. And so sometimes, if your paper was strong enough, she would submit it to the local newspaper, and you could get picked up there. So it wasn't just you writing for a class or lo- writing mm-hmm. for the school paper. You could get picked up on like the local paper, which. 
I think I had like two that got picked up and it was like, whoa, like to see your print like yeah. go even further. Like it yeah. was super dope. I, yeah. I, I got my internship, um, I think it's WSEE because of Professor Young, Kimberly mm-hmm. Young. And I was able to, yeah. I, I remember I had to do a story, uh, I think it was a, was a G6 or G5 summit when it was in Pittsburgh, 2009, I believe. And we we took a trip to Pittsburgh and I had to, um, I was able to get my little package together for when I did uh graduate school in uh, Point Park, different story. Uh, but that was just a, an, an interesting dynamic to be to be there in the midst of an actual story unfolding and to see people protesting and seeing and to pretty much see what, what, what a journalist on the street does, how they prep for um, the story, how they how they log, how they edit. It was very interesting. So, so yeah. <laughs> Yay. I'm glad you found your your space in that because yeah it was just it, I, I'm I'm grateful thank you yeah. yeah it was it was it was a journey. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Party on at this PWI. So our first segment is called Rock On, right? But you grew up in PWI spaces, but I'm sure there has to be a song that you didn't know before landing on campus. And then you're like, what y'all saying? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what is this? What is this? Mm. You know, I there's there there are a couple uh interesting songs. When uh, that I've experienced when I was at Penn State, but all in all, I was, I was always a huge mellophile. I've always loved music, and there's there's so many different genres that I, with the exception of bluegrass, like all the way from the Baroque era to now, I listen to so much music. I would Baroque. say that, the, yes, yeah. like the Child. classical, yeah. You pulled that one out, okay. Right? I'm very I'm interested listening. to see what he's about to say because Kim is like, <laughs> crazy versed in music. Like he knows like every song. Mm, I, you know what? I think it was more so a song that got me in the mood. Um, well, yeah, yeah, actually it was. And you know, the song came out in the early 90s. It's a 90s alternative song. It's called Everlong by Foo Fighters. And it's about like uh, eight measure. Like it's a really, it's like this 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 really awesome guitar intro that gets you excited to go out that night. Or it kind of okay. like tells a story. Anything it be this will forever. It's a really good song. It's a really good feel good song, but maybe the lyrics are not supposed to be feel good, <laughs> but it sounds feel good. But I uh-huh. also started to get into Alanis Morissette a lot. Now I knew her more uh, famous song, You Ought to Know. I, I, you know, when she was talking to that one guy from Full House, she cussed him out. 
Um, her album that came from Jagged Little Pill, I still play that. I have it on my phone. I have a, it as a vinyl. Jagged Little Pill is such a a profound album by Alanis Morissette that tells a story of pain, um, of, of, of vulnerability, then transparency, then growth, then acceptance, then self-awareness, and then gratitude. It goes through all these emotions and it just sends you on this, this climax of, you know, live and let live and, and, and thankfulness. It's beautiful. Oh, I love Jack Little Pill. And I was introduced to that, um, that entire album in college. Yeah. But I would say uh, Foo Fighters Everlong was that one song that I wanted to party with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you clarified getting in the mood because I was like, what were you doing? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Foo Fighter mood. So you're getting in, in the mood to, to go out to parties. Or, yeah, or that was that was my any, yeah that was my more party um, song. Yeah. Uh huh. And then what party did you go to? Where'd you go? Um, I went to a couple frat houses, some house parties that we would have. Um, you know, thrown by our people. You know, what I'm saying uh, some house parties. Um, sometimes the the bar when I got old enough, but uh, that was pretty much it. Wash, rinse, repeat. Kind of like the same thing, different scenario. So mm-hmm. nothing really crazy about the parties. Just more so the. I went by emotion. Yeah, I always wanted to be by something I cultivated in like a way that I wanted to feel, mm-hmm. you know. And so, more more than not, I would go to places that were more diverse. Uh, and then those times whenever I'm missing my own people, I would go up like, "Hey, <laughs> who's having a party?" <laughs> and somebody was usually having like, if not a party, a little get together where you know we're all in one space and we're playing our music by us for us, you know. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. He right though, and he was always somewhere. We'd be like, "Where is Cam this week? Where where he going? <laughs> Who is he with?" You, it yeah. wasn't even just on our campus. He'd be going to other schools up the road, riding with them <laughs> in the trunk of their car. Oh, oh yeah, I did do that. I did ride in somebody's trunk one time. Yeah. Oh, you did. Yeah. Yes, like I not did. a typical. It was a truck though, right? Like like like, like a trunk trunk, not not the bed of a truck. T R U N K, like 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 next on Lifetime, cameras in the trunk. I, you know, it was one of those situations. But it, I don't understand, me. I was, Cam. I was, I was nineteen. I How far did we go in this trunk? <laughs> it was in there. I was. Anna, it was enough I, to have a whole conversation with you, right? I was on the phone. He called Dell. me. Oh, I was I'm on the, literally yeah, yeah. at the door. I'm a little Verizon chocolate on. I was like, hey, hey, I'm in a trunk. Exactly. I was like, what? He's like, where are you? What? I'm like, I'm on campus. I'm like, where are you? Why is it signing? I'm in the trunk. Someone's car. I'm like, did you get kidnapped? No, I'm going to a party. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Who's partying? Why were there not enough seats? <laughs> Why did you agree to this? Yo, Why did you agree okay. to this? Yeah. We had a we had a dodge, Anna, we had a Dodge Neon and we had eight heads in the front. And <laughs> we had eight heads in the Dodge Neon. And I was like, I wanna come, yeah, come on. And the dude was like, We only got some room. If you want me in the trunk, you be in the truck. I was like, I'll be in the truck. I was like, so okay. I jump in this truck and I had like I'm driving and like they're driving along. And I'm like, okay, well, I can still like see, but I can see like they like the lights, you know. And I call her. I have like this little Verizon chakra. I slide it up and like, hey. (laughs) Guess where I'm at? I'm in the trunk. Where are you? (laughs) If I was in the car, you're in a trunk. Why are you in the trunk? Oh man, thank God for growth. Thank God for growth. I'm 36, sorry. I was 19. (laughs) You've come so far. Please. Please. And I asked him when he turned it back. 
I'm like, you rolled back in the truck too? Yeah. Was the party worth it? Not at all. So you didn't oh, even go no. to a good party. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it was an experience. You know, we lived to tell it. So, ta-da. Ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grown. I pay bills and whatever right you now. You, you know, I got so far. You have the, you own the car. You're not in the truck. That's right. Gross. I you own a car so now. Like, what's cool? Look at yes. that. I never want you in another trunk again, okay? At all. I was so confused. We had already come out the closet. We didn't need to be in the trunk. Listen, listen. (laughs) (laughs) From the closet to the trunk. From the closet to the trunk. (laughs) I don't want this for you, Cam. I'm so glad. That would would be a good book, though. From the closet to the trunk. Cameron and other fairy tales. The the People have a lot of questions. About that. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was, so, I was confused and concerned. I was like, what? What do you mean? Uh, oh, God. And here we are. All right. So, our other <laughs> segment is a little bit different. It's There's No Place Like Home. 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 So, was there ever a moment? While you were out there, you know, at Penn State or wherever, and you just were like, I need to go home. I, I can't. I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. I didn't feel that at Penn State as much. That one incident with the crutches really was like, you know, I'm, I'm fed up because I had enough of it from my own community. And to have that from, you know, the white community, I was like, I can't. And I, I'm just so tired. And you, you only hit a dog a couple times before it bites your ass. And so um, it wasn't, however, in that chapter Penn State from 2005, 2009, <clears throat> it was here in Seattle. Uh, rather, it was the uh, more so not my second bachelor's, but whenever I got my MBA in marketing, when I was in business school, um, it was a different dynamic. And I would like to share this with you too, uh, because I thought about this before we uh, started this, started started uh, filming for the show, uh, taping, sorry. Uh, so again, me being from rural Pennsylvania and, and seeing... <clears throat> Racism through a traditional lens, cultural bias through a traditional lens of whiteness. Um, coming to Seattle, the biggest culture shock, and not just um, in my work, my, my workspace, my apartment building where, where I live at in Seattle, but especially in business school. Um, what I started to see is that, for instance, have I received cultural and racial bias from white people in Seattle? Yes, I have, most definitely. But the majority of that bias that I received were not from white people. They were from other communities of color. And that's what shocked me here um, coming into Seattle, not to put anybody on, 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 on you know, blast and not to shame any cultures or ethnicities. But I will say the two biggest populations in Seattle are the Caucasian race and Asians and a number of uh, individuals from Asian backgrounds. They would go out of their way to show some type of cultural or racial bias. And I had received a lot of that in business school. Um, A lot of the assumptions that you're not the subject matter expert in in, in business school, unless you're a white or Asian man in the room. And if you're in a group setting, the, 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 the tension and the bias that you receive before they actually see productivity, disregarding if you have a 4.0, disregarding if you had a 3.8 like myself, the fact that before they saw a grade point average, before they saw a resume, degrees from whatever school, they saw this. And based off of that, they made an assumption that sometimes we're stronger than me receiving it from white people. That's what was shocking. To see other individuals from communities of color, 
but different communities, but still communities of color operate with that same bias. That was ridiculous. And it got to the point uh, in business school where I was like, you know what? This, this chapter is already so stressful. And it was a lot of imposter syndrome at the beginning of business school. It was a lot of Cameron versus Cameron at the beginning of business school. And then on top of that, you have this bias coming from other communities of color. It was really hard. And I had to really dig deep in myself and remind myself, why did I begin? What do I hope to gain from this? Who's rooting for you, if not yourself? You know, there was a lot of times where I felt isolated in this sense, but sometimes I noticed that that isolated was necessary for my personal growth. And I had to learn to let people be who they are. Even if who you are is a shitty person, you're still being who you are and to allow them to be. And so I still received that, that, that bias from this PWI in Seattle, but I learned to have enough emotional intelligence to just let it go and to let it be. So I went on a tangent with that. Oh, but that was good and necessary because there was a lot too. And it's worth noting you went through all that during COVID too. So yes, yes. Most that's definitely. another layer to it, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And then how much we do eat, right? And so people be, uh, they get all up in arms like, why are you always so mad, child? You don't have any idea how many times I didn't held my tongue the last that part. Yes. X and X amount of time, right? Yes. You caught yes. me on a bad day. Exactly. <laughs> and now you're about to catch it, you right? Because oh. you, you're just constantly dealing with microaggressions. And and we're living in a time now where we had a whole bunch of Northern racists. Okay, people who got just Most good at hiding their racism, right? Mm-hmm. I, I ain't mad at the Southern racists. Please just tell me. Okay, I can stay over here. You can stay over there. All right. You know what? I said but that when, before. Yeah. 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 Like you're, uh, you said you went to school in uh, Iowa. Yeah, I went to Iowa. And yeah, so, I went to so Drake I, in Iowa. So I'm pretty sure that you understand what I'm saying whenever um, whenever I say this. You know, at least in the South, I know where I stand with you. Right. Rather, rather you call me a, 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 a N-word or whatever, unfortunately, I know where I stand over here. They don't want to lose their job. They're very smart. They're right. very smart. So you're going to get that passive aggression. You're going to get that microaggression. They'll even invite you to the cookout and let you kiss the baby. And still... Right not mess with you. They're very clever about their passive aggressiveness in in uh, certain areas like, you know, Iowa or the Pacific Northwest. And it was a strange dichotomy. It was a strange culture shock. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it shows up in the policies. It shows mm-hmm. up in how you treat me. It shows up in all the ways that are not tangible that someone can yeah. hold on to. Yeah. yeah, but but if you're a person of color, you know what it feels like. Exactly. I, you know what it looks like. And for so many people, especially when you are 18, 19 years old, you don't have the language on how to describe it. Right. You you just know know it don't feel right. You You just know there's something there and I know you don't like me. There's something about me that you do not click with. Yeah. And it's crazy because I remember back to your earlier days of writing for the newspaper. I remember writing an article for the school about like that passive aggressive energy that sometimes it gets so ingrained that you start questioning yourself like and questioning Ooh. everything like this dude just let the door close and didn't hold it to, for me is is he got some subtle undertone racial stuff or am i in my head at this point because it can be so many different things at play yes. that makes you start second guessing and questioning everything and, and yes. that's 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 because it's like you said and it's there but it's not like blatant it's like the subtleties the the little things that add up so yes. yeah that was very very true 
they've grown so clever with their racism and it's in, and it's so ingrained in just daily activity. Mm-hmm. It could be something as small as somebody not opening the door for you. It could be something as small as somebody, um, like I said, following around the store yeah. or, or coming to your table again and ask, you know, is everything okay here? You know, mm-hmm. yes, everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. I yeah, it, it, it was an experience, but you know, blessings all through and through. I say that. <laughs> you say that say and family w- yes. w- with his eyes closed, okay? He even said a little prayer. Listen, okay, bless him through the uh, Get you yeah. through the moment. It's growth. You know this is a journey. Yeah. It is a journey. It is all of those things. Um, I have a question. How did you know? How did you know? We want to know that moment that you knew you went to the right school. That this was the right choice. We know Temple didn't work out. We know you wanted to go there. They was late on the HBCU train. Okay. Super late. Okay. All right. You know, Hampton was going to be the one. All right. Hampton was going to be it. (laughs) But you you landed at Penn State. And how did you know that that was the place? Was there a moment where you're like, I'm in the right spot? You know, I believe there were two moments. One, um, when I started to get more serious about um, my journalism cl- classes and how to be a good writer and how to be a good storyteller. And when I would get the, I would guess I'll get, I'll be reaffirmed when I would get a grade back that's like an A or like, you know, a top grade in the class or whatever creative uh, direction I took on a story or a spin, she would reference that in class. I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to write school. And also because I found Adele. And Adele, Adele um, reaffirmed with me what, what, a, what a true friend is, you know? And I, I was so upset that Adele was uh, graduating before me, but I changed my uh, <laughs> I changed my, my major like so many freaking times so totally it made time. sense, yeah. <laughs> but um, Adele made me feel so welcome. And she made me feel that I didn't have to be ashamed of being who I were um, rather than changing my major or, or coming out at, uh, as queer. And that continued throughout our progression as friends. You know, it started at Penn State and it made me feel good as, as, as per the reason why I joined, I, I, I attended this school. But then, you know, after that, and when I was in Pittsburgh and I went, when I went to the military and I told her I wanted to go to the military. Then when I told her I wanted to actually leave the military and then drive to Seattle and then MBA, you know, it's, there are so many different chapters where Adele has uh, reaffirmed that, yeah, if I didn't, if I hadn't went to Penn State, I don't know if I would ever met Adele, you know? Aww. So I'm really, I'm really appreciative of that. But, Thank you, Frank. Yeah. So it was, it was friendship and it was also, I guess, professional growth at, at PSU that made me feel like, you know, I, t- I chose the right school. So yeah. Provide a sense of community for me, yeah. Yes, I was say mm-hmm. that community is key. Like yes, even going home and coming back and having folk that just get it and understand where you are and like what you're feeling and like even when I went through my own journeys and like I I moved off campus and Cam would come and visit me off campus, you know, like yeah, kind of going through a lot of those journeys and just kind of figuring ourselves out, man, and just having someone with you who like gets it like you look across the room and you're laughing and they're laughing with you and you're like we're not even talking but yes. we understand like you know you know it's those looks like black people got those looks where you're like we could tell a whole damn story mm-hmm. <laughs> just by just, just <laughs> a look at you like huh. Huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yo what's she talking about right now yo she crazy <laughs> <laughs> and having that person in class too because remember that time we had to call out the professor for our grades 
Remember oh, that? my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so Adele pressed our professor, that poor lady. She was a nun, too. She, she, she pressed, pressed the nun? Me. I was but not she, alone. She, she, she deserved she it, though. She was like, lowballing no. our grade. She was lowballing our grade, mm-hmm. but I didn't think she was going to do it. And Adele did it. And it was right whenever classes were switching. So we're in the hallway, and uh, there's like a slew of kids behind us a walking lot. back and forth. We're in, we're in the, uh, was it the business engineering building? It's called Red yeah, Sea. Red hyphen C, I believe. And um, the the uh, the professor, she's just sitting on the bench, and Adele's like towering over her. She's like, like you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> 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 not with the hands too, not at the nine. No, okay. <laughs> the lady just sitting there, she's like, is key <laughs> because here's what happened. Don't do that. They put do us that. in groups, and <laughs> me and Cam actually didn't think we were going to be grouped together, but she grouped us together. Okay, and I think it was like one other person. And we basically had to, like, give a presentation, like, a pitch or something like that. And me and Cam came up with this whole business plan. We came up with, like, our little logo. We had a slogan, everything. And we gave, like, a full, like, 20-minute presentation. We like, were it was good. fire, okay? We were really good, seriously. We were- Dude got up there with, like, a cup and was like, here's my cup, blah, blah, blah. Like, they half-assed it. And then grades start rolling in. Yeah. And she's going to tell us we got, like, a B minus. I think we got a, a C. Or a C. We got and a dude, C. It was so yeah, we got, shocking. Like, a low-ass grade. Yeah, and, and, like, yeah. And, like, dude who, like, one girl literally got to do, like, a crumpled piece of paper and, like, yeah. talk for, like, two seconds. And, like, oh, you know, I'm just, like, <laughs> like, nothing really. She didn't serve. So I'm, like, hold on, hold on, hold on. How we get a low grade? We got one of the lowest grades in the class. Mm-hmm. I need an explanation. I need to know why. Because I deserve <laughs> an A. Okay? Like, we were up late yeah, nights. Yeah. We had a whole slide. We had actual like little products we had created. Yeah, like we did a bunch. We of stuff. did a so really was, good job. It was very. I would say you know I I worked really hard on that product. Yeah, both, and so when Kim did. saw his yeah. grade first, and then I got mine, I was like, hold on, something. I need yeah. an explanation because it wasn't anything offered. She just, you know, they have like different lines, and you put the number there, what it adds up to, and I'm like, this isn't. This isn't serving. How does a girl who came with a bought up piece of paper get like a 90 on like the physical thing that she brought in? Like that makes yeah. no sense. So yeah. I was like, Kim was like, we should talk to her. I'm like, all right. And then she went and sat to eat her lunch. And I'm like, I don't care that it's lunchtime. I got class. I'm not walking back to the Red Sea. It's far from everything. We better right. go talk to her right now. I got time. And then when I was like, hey, you know, <laughs> can we talk to you about our grades? She was like, yeah, we could talk right here. And I was like, okay. I just need to understand why we got a C. And like the first thing out of her mouth was like the report was incomplete. And I was like, what do you mean? No. Tell me where it yeah, was incomplete. I remember that. Because did you that. did you not bring all the paperwork home? And so then like after we t- like, you know, and she said something like that didn't sit well with me, my spirit. So yeah, I did clap a little bit. But she understood what I was saying after. And then yeah. the grade change. The grade change. Because what ended up happening. It wasn't an A, though. She didn't give us an A on thing. I don't remember. I got her giving an A. Us a. I don't know what you. My grade went to an A. Cam got <laughs> left behind. No, because remember, Cam, <laughs> you got an A. Because remember, she, I did. she acknowledged really? what happened. And then she <laughs> took our paper home and she misplaced. Remember, Cam, like the second half of our. Our write up. Remember, she I remember didn't something have, about soap, she, like Irish Spring. No, 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 soap. that's separate. She okay. didn't. <laughs> she didn't have our full report. That's that. Okay. What he's talking about is because this, this teacher was weird. Okay, 
she can't think she was mad at me because she one day she volunteered at like a homeless shelter or something and had all these extra bars of Irish spring soap and so she put them in sandwich bags and started passing them out and I gave my back I don't want this soap I'm allergic <laughs> and it's not even in the right package where did this come from she said you gonna wash up today how you gonna give want this soap <laughs> you said, said I want your free soap Give it to the homeless people. Why are you bringing us so? You know, you know she reminds me at a homeless shelter. Like, you know what she reminded me of? Oh, Anna, you you seen Sister Act uh, one, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You oh, remember Alma? Remember Alma? Oh, Check your battery. Alma, <laughs> Alma. you went right on Alma. Check your battery. Alma <laughs> was lowballing our grades without Alma. any real explanation, and Alma, Alma was taking soap from the homeless shelter to give to her students. So yes, that's your <laughs> Why are you she clearly can't play piano as well. Clearly, I mean, she, she, yes. apparently she was lowballing Whoopi Goldberg too. So that's the story. Because yeah. Cam gave his soap back too, but he tried to tell what he did, but it's all right. He, he definitely tossed that soap back. What to like washing up with some dry ass soap? No, I'm good. Cam made sure to make sure it dropped on her desk as he walked out the class. At least I was like, no, thank you. He was like, clunk. I was like, why do you give it back like that? Swipe it or swipe it. Mr. Alma didn't even know what she was getting into. No, especially when she gave me a C and I really did that and they half-assed. But like those types of situations, like, you know, it really told me like stand up for myself because I wasn't even off some like, just give me an A just because, but like I needed real answers. When we looked at those other presentations, me and Cam left out that class like, oh yeah, we we did that. Like our grade is going to beast out on everybody, and to get yeah. the lowest grade in the class, like, yeah. and yeah. it's like, you know well, I, your it's, it's, I misplaced your paper. That's you. That got I nothing to do it, with me. Exactly. It, it really didn't because I I, it, I feel as though it just here comes that bias that perpetuates through society again. How how often do we have to jump fifty steps and right. other people can just jump one and we still don't make the grade. You know, it's it's so unfortunate. I'm, I'm glad that she was White receptive mediocrity. enough to change. Yes, yes, yes. Seriously. I've said this. I said this before. I said, you know what? I used to strive for the the um the confidence of a mediocre white man, but then I'm like, wow, that's still lower than who the who the hell I am anyway. So I want to even strive mm. for that. You know, I'm saying I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, another experience. Yes, so many. We are Penn, Penn State. State. Look at you. There we go. Two teams. You did it. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Very proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. On that and she, note. And she did, she did it in a little Michael's voice, too. We are. She did. <laughs> and it's learned so much in this time. We, we have acrylic so oils much. and pastels. We have pastels on sale today. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, thank you, Cam, for joining us today. This Adele, awesome. thank you. Anna, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Cam Cole. Thanks for having <laughs> thanks for having me on this show. Yeah. Oh, stop it. On, thank the, you. on the Cam Cole show. Thank you for <laughs> having me. And good yeah. job, you two. This is amazing. The head nod is, oh, I, I love listening to your shows. I love listening to like the connectivity you got, you both have. You have an energy, you have a story, you have a way that you're able to connect with us we can relate to these stories. Thank you for providing us this platform. And yeah, thank you for that soundbite. Yes. Okay. Because I didn't hit stop. Okay. I, I, didn't. Right. <laughs> I love that for us. Thank you for giving us that. No yes. problem. But no, seriously, thank you. I love you. Thanks, we appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to the Head Nod Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on the Cube app and at DCP Official across social. 
Family, follow my sis Adele at I am Adele Coleman across all socials. And follow the coolest to ever do it, Anna Deshawn at Anna Deshawn on all socials. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really dig it, leave a rating and a review. Keep nodding your heads with us. Until next time, this is the Head Nod. <laughs>